Be better. Be better. Welcome to the Spitfire Podcast, Take Flight. We're your host, Moto. And Shaz, Inbound Influencers and Social Media Specialists at Spitfire Inbound. We're super excited to welcome Gina Ballerin, TEDx speaker, communications expert, and author to discuss the importance of active listening. So why do two inbound marketers care about active listening? And why do we think you should care too? Because active listening is crucial to running a successful business. And it is critical in rolling out a successful inbound marketing sales and services strategy. Active listening is essentially a way of listening and responding to another person that improves mutual understanding. And as inbound marketers, we know this is a critical and often undeveloped skill. Inbound marketing is all about truly listening to prospects and customers and responding to those needs helpfully. And without active listening, you're probably missing things or not aligning your message enough to your buyer persona's pain points. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Gina, and thank you for joining us all the way from Australia. It is my pleasure to be with you. I have to say, having been born and lived in South Africa for so much of my childhood and, and young adult life, it is a pleasure to be hearing South African accents again. So hola. <laughs> hola. <laughs> We woke up this morning and saying good morning and Gina was saying afternoon to us. <laughs> That's how we roll. We're all part of a global audience these days. I love yep. it for us. So Gina, we're going to jump straight into it. I'm so excited about active listening as a topic and the why of active listening. And I want to start off asking, why would you say that active listening is in your wheelhouse? As a communications expert, it is so important to understand that it's not about what you're saying, it's about what people are hearing. Now, my specialism is not only in, in writing communications, so anything that a thought leader wants to hear or see, anything that a B2B organization wants to communicate to their audience, but it is actually about understanding what the audience is reading, what they're hearing, what they're understanding when those messages go out. Now, the challenge usually is that a brand thinks it's all about them. They are wrong. They could not be more wrong. So I sit on both sides of the fence. I sit on the writing side of the fence and also the speaking side of the fence. I've been lucky enough to do a TEDx talk a couple of years ago, and I love actually speaking to people. But you know, one of the great things about being a good speaker is that actually it's about observing your audience. So whether you're writing for an audience and you've got to imagine yourself in their shoes when you communicate, or whether you're speaking to an audience and you can actually observe their body language as they're interacting with you, really, it's all about making sure that you are getting the cues that they are giving back to you, or at least understanding them well enough to produce that content, thanks to the cues you've already received before, during, and even after communicating with them. Cool. So Gina, I think we can actually go back to basics. What exactly is active listening? Well, the hint is in the title, right? <laughs> active listening is about the act of listening. Listening isn't just a passive exercise. Mostly people think that you listen in order to respond and you're just waiting for an opportunity to jump in and say what you have to say. 
And in South Africa, let's face it, right? We are we talk really fast. We like to interrupt each other. <laughs> uh, we always have a lot to say. But that means that because of the fast pace of that communication, we tend to actually be thinking about what we're saying or what we're going to say next, rather than thinking about the people that we're talking to. And rather than actually responding, the art of active listening is about truly, deeply understanding what the person that you're talking to or communicating with is actually saying. And we forget that it's not about us, it's about them. Active listening is something that I think, uh, well, I certainly know I've learned a lot about over the years. And uh, you, it's amazing how much more you pick up when you're communicating with people that you wouldn't have picked up if you were simply listening to respond. Mm. I, I'm interested, Gina. What led you into the realm of communications? I thought it was interesting that um, you say as South Africans, <laughs> we do talk fast and we we do speak over each other, but that's probably to get um, the bra meat on a Saturday. <laughs> so what, <laughs> what was that that led you, led you into communications? Because um, I know that you also have traveled a bit before landing in Australia. I think me going into communication was way before I even left the country. It went back to the early days of understanding why people were saying what they were saying. A lot of people in South Africa grow up in a religious background. Sometimes there's a Bible that sits, you know, in the middle of the, the room and it'll be consulted whenever people have a question. For me, uh, my family history was that we had a dictionary in the middle of the room. And we would have not just any old dictionary, not just the Oxford English, you know, school edition. No, no, no. We had a dictionary that must have been 2000 pages sitting in <laughs> wow. the middle of the room. And so if ever there was a question, what does that mean? The answer wasn't, I'll tell you, the answer was go look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> I remember fond stories from um, my childhood of, of sitting in the room with my mom who has been in editing for most of her career. And she would sit reading the newspaper with a red pen. <laughs> making marks um, in the newspaper. <laughs> so I think the chances were fairly strong that with a father as a storyteller and a mother as an editor, that I was going to be in the business of communication. But I also found I became a marketer almost by accident. And because I wanted to go into the world of communication, I didn't realize that I was being a marketer when I was doing things like email marketing, like organizing events, like setting up websites, like interviewing people, doing press releases, and just brochures and attracting people to courses that I was running at the time. But it found me. And it's only when I actually um, went to study at the Chartered Institute of Marketing in the United Kingdom that I realized, oh, of all the stuff I've been doing is in fact marketing. And it was the best way for someone who is a, a writer by heart and a communicator by passion to be able to identify that we have meaning and we need to communicate that meaning, but actually it fits in a corporate context. And I've been exploring what meaning and communication means ever since. Love that. So why does active listening matter then? What is it in the communications and in the language and then in the marketing sphere? Why, why does active listening matter? I think there is an act of listening that helps people think more sincerely. What do I mean by that? I mean that when we're listening, 
as I've said previously, we're trying to respond to someone. We're just listening so that we can add our two cents worth. When we're actively listening, we're transcending mere words. We all know how people react if we observe their behavior, their body language. And you can tell whether a message landed well or not. You can tell when someone raises an eyebrow or when someone sits back in their seat with a shocked expression on their face. Mm. Active listening isn't just about the words. It is about the whole package. And it's fascinating how even if you can't see people, you can observe their responses to how fast or slowly they speak, how high or low their tone of voice is. All of this matters in the sense of active listening. But in a marketing context, it matters far more. Because when we are able to listen to the people around us, we are able to understand what they need, what they want, and more importantly, why they care about what we're trying to communicate with them, which really is an inbound principle at heart, isn't it? Yep. Exactly that. So, Gina, we've been talking about active listening um, from a general perspective. So I want us to bring it back to the business context. And I want to know, why should businesses care about active listening? So there are a couple of ways of looking at this. The first is that businesses should care about any way of getting feedback from their clients. And the second perspective is that businesses should care about what their employees and fans are doing. Now, we're talking about active listening in a one-to-one speaking and listening perspective, but if you think about it, good social media interactions also involve a type of listening. If we want to understand how our brand is doing, it also involves listening to their signals online. If we want to understand how our customers responding to even adverts on TV, there are ways of observing their responses in terms of their digital footprint. It matters very, very much in a business context. It doesn't just matter because we want to be able to observe if our customers and prospects are responding well to what we've put out there in the world. But let's go back to what happens at organizations when we talk to employees. Now, let's think for a second. You have an employee. You want them to do well. You want them to understand what you're saying, right? They need to be able to follow instructions. Yeah? Yeah. But the problem is that sometimes and in certain cultures, people will nod and say, yes, 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 I can absolutely do what you want me to do. And then step away and do something completely different. Mm. I've observed this myself. I'm pretty sure you guys have too. Yeah, yeah. And so the problem is that active listening isn't just about giving instructions. It is about checking with your audience that they have received that information. So let's use an exemplar. Say I talk to Motso and say, hey, Motso, would you like to be on a podcast with me? And he goes, yes, 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 definitely. Next Wednesday, no, maybe Thursday, no. Um, actually, can we do it next month? Mm. If I'm actively listening, I'm observing that his response is not exactly authentic. Mm. There's something yeah. wrong there. But if I was just listening for, yes, I want the yes from him, I would observe that he said, yes, yes, of course. Actually forgetting that by pushing back and pushing back and pushing back on that date, he's not interested. Mm. It doesn't sit well with him. And that is the process that we want to do. So as an employer and an employee, you're starting to understand your people by asking them questions. Now, 
that was a scenario where I could observe from his theoretical verbal response. Motsu, I'm sure you're not like that in reality. Of course. <laughs> you feel seen. <laughs> yeah. But we can also observe it by asking people questions. And so active listening actually is a bit of a misnomer because it's not just about listening. It's actually about asking. So let's use that example again. Uh, Motto, do you want to do a podcast with me? He says, yes, I do. When would be a good time for you? Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hang on a second. I'm getting a strange response from you, Motso, there. Something doesn't feel right. Are you okay? Then perhaps the response would be actually, you know what, I've had second thoughts about this, or I'm not really sure, or I just don't have time in my life. That only came about because I was able to ask the questions. And I think sometimes, even though South Africans are really good at sharing a lot of information, it's just human nature to not share all of our information all of the time. And sometimes when we're a little bit afraid of the response that we're going to get from someone, we don't give them the full information. A good active listener will be able to observe that there is something strange there and ask the sometimes uncomfortable questions to get to what the real issue is behind the scenes. I love that. And I love that you use that in an employee basis so yes we're talking about businesses and obviously we think about the customer which is your your selling base or who you want to get your product or service across to but um when you said it doesn't it's not just using active listening in order to figure out what what we want to know and that would be obviously if you're thinking about business it's the customer so we can sell um by using that employee analogy or example um, you know, it's really just getting down to it quicker so that we can find a soul for it um, and and move on. I, I think it's it's always better for someone to really get the bigger picture quicker so that we can all band together and, and solve the problem instead of it being a he said, she said, or he didn't listen, she didn't listen <laughs> situation. You're so right, Chaz. So often... It's just because we didn't ask that question mm. that things can go wrong. So I guess the takeaway for me here is I need to be more aware of the questions I'm not asking. Mm. I don't know if you guys get this, but sometimes I get a feeling that something is uncomfortable in a conversation with someone. And depending on how comfortable you are with them and the scenario, you might not ask that question almost always mm. by not asking that question that issue has come back to bite me in the bum mm. and if you think about it how much more time does it take to ask a question based on what your gut or your brain or your heart or your even your shoulders if your shoulders are suddenly feeling yeah. really stressed or your breathing is feeling really shadow you can actually observe your physiological response to that and go ah yeah. something's wrong here hang on a second, and be brave enough to ask that question. Now, the problem is, it isn't always easy mm. to ask the question. But it is almost always worth it. So would you say, would you think, Gina, that when you are practicing active listening on a more frequent basis, or actively practicing active listening, <laughs> that those questions become a little bit easier to, to ask? Because that uncomfortability that you were speaking of, you know, where you say it is difficult, but it's almost always worth it. 
Um, I, I'm interested to know that if 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 you ask, if you're thinking, if you're active listening, you you know it's going to be uncomfortable, but you know that it it might be right. I think you're right. Practice with practice comes perfect, right? But it's not just about practicing active listening skills, although that is really helpful. It is also about making sure that we practice bravery skills. There is a wonderful quote by someone by the name of Ruth Gordon. Now, she's an American actress who died a few years ago. But the best thing about what she says is that it makes a lot of intuitive sense. And this is the quote. Courage is like a muscle. We strengthen it with use. Mm. So the braver we are, the more likely we are to be brave. If you think about it, if you sat on the sofa all day, every day, and you never did any leg exercises, the first time you went out for a half hour walk, it would be difficult. But if you do it every day for half an hour, then you soon you find you can do it for 35 minutes and then 40 and 45 and soon you're walking marathons. How do you do that? Because you strengthen your muscles with use. It's the same with bravery. The first time we do something, it's terrifying. The 20th time we do something, it's just par for the course. It's normal. It's every day. Now, what we don't realize is that actually it's not just us who is afraid. It is almost anyone who hasn't done something before. Some people are extraordinarily brave, and for them, being afraid is part of the challenge. And if we think of a great example, there's Richard Branson, right? We all know the founder of Virgin. We all know he has done amazing things and made extraordinary amounts of money and even owns an island, right? We'd all love to do that. What we may not realize is that even Richard Branson admits to having been scared the first time he tried out an idea which led to eventually being Virgin Atlantic Airlines. Uh, turns out he and a bunch of other people were stuck at an airport. They couldn't get anywhere. So he chartered a flight got a whole bunch of other people to buy in and they all paid for the flight and they got to their destination safely. He admits that he was scared the first time he did that. But if you see bravery as an activity that you can keep using every single time, it becomes so much easier. So to go back to active listening, mm. if we are uncomfortable asking that question that we don't really know how people are going to respond, well, We've got to ask ourselves, what's the worst that could happen? Is anyone going to die by asking a question? Probably not. In which case, go for it. Mm. I like that. I love that. And, and you know, obviously, we, we work in the realm of inbound marketing. Um, and that concept of bravery definitely came out in Jane Goodhall's um, inbound 2022 conversations. And... Obviously, my brain is just kind of thinking active listening and, and you know, it's that making sure that there's that mutual understanding between two people listening, not to answer, but to understand and to really come out with the best solution. And my brain just keeps going back to the death disconnected customer from Inbound 22. And do you think that active listening helps businesses connect to that disconnected customer? It can. It depends whether they're listening right. Mm. And it depends whether the customer is so disconnected that they actually don't want to hear from you anymore. I think the art of listening 
and remember, we're not just talking about physical listening with your ears. We're talking about social listening. We're talking about digital listening. We're talking about using the tools available at your disposal to identify your buyer's online and offline behavior if you can. That means that you need every single pair of ears in your organization. Let's not forget that while we as individuals only have two ears, if we multiply that by the number of people in our organization, we may have hundreds or even thousands of ears and eyes. And every single one of those pairs of ears and eyes can listen. Now, the problem with a disconnected customer is that they may have reached a stage where they're so angry with their lack of service that they no longer want to communicate. Hopefully, we can prevent that from happening. Now, here is the challenge. Mm. It's great to listen to people. But if we listen and do nothing with that response, we run the risk of disconnecting people even further. It's Mm. the same when HR tries to get feedback from employees. You can ask employees for their feedback and you can ask them again and again and again and again. But eventually, if nothing happens as a result of them having given that feedback, they Mm -hmm. become actively disconnected. And there's a difference between being disconnected passively because it just happened over time and being actively disconnected. I think actively disconnected customers or employees take that path because they get to a point where they're angry. So how do we stop that? How do we start in the middle and go, whoa, what's up with our customers? Hopefully, if you're using an inbound methodology, you know that you're not just selling to your customers. You're not just maintaining them as customers, but you're actually servicing them in a way that allows them to give you feedback. I'm going to pause for a second here and ask people to think about the ladder of loyalty. It's a marketing concept. Are you guys familiar with it? Do you think we should explain it to the audience? Mm, Let's go into it's just the touch. So the ladder of loyalty is effectively it's drawn as a stepladder. And as your connection with the audience evolves, they climb up the rungs of the ladder and they might start as prospects and become customers and then they become advocates and then they become fans. And as people evolve up that ladder of loyalty, they become more and more engaged and committed to your organization. Now, the thing is that when something damages that relationship, the people who are involved feel guilty, they feel worried, they tend to step away from that customer relationship and and disconnect, which means the customers are more likely to feel disconnected and the problem continues. Mm. The irony is that what happens in reality is when you actually have customers, no matter what stage they are on that ladder of loyalty, When you ask them what's wrong, how can we fix it, and you work with them to fix it, they actually become more actively engaged and they climb up the ladder of loyalty. Doesn't that seem quite contrary? That why would someone actually lose faith in you but gain faith and become more of an advocate? But it's true. I know it's happened to me personally. I'm sure you guys can think of some examples where you go into an organization or even a shop And you go, hey, this thing is broken. It doesn't work. And someone can go, oh, I don't care and throw it away. And then they've lost you as a customer. Mm -hmm. But if the response instead is, oh, no, that's awful. How can we help? And they do help you. You're more likely to to recommend them to other people because Mm -hmm. it's about the service. It's about the commitment. It's about the engagement that they have given back to you. Definitely. 
That is how active listening helps businesses connected to a customer. It is by making sure that the signals that they're giving you of discontent can be investigated and remediated before a customer becomes actively disconnected. And if you're lucky, if a customer is disconnected, maybe you have the opportunity to reach out to them with honesty and apologies, genuine apologies and say, hey, listen, we screwed up. We're so sorry. What can we do to fix this? And by the way, the answer is almost always never just throw money at the problem. <laughs> the answer is almost always listening uh, actively and giving them as much as you can of what they really want. I really like that, uh, Gina. And I feel like from everything that you've mentioned today, you've given us so much insight on active listening. Do you have any pearls of wisdom um, for anyone who's starting their journey? Because I know many of our listeners perhaps will be listening, will, it will be their first time hearing about active listening or they never actually took it to heart. But do you have any pearls of wisdom that you can give to anyone who's starting their journey um, on active listening? Well, this is a bit of a spoiler alert because I think we're going to talk about this at another point in time. So please do come back and listen to our future conversation. But if you think about active listening, it, it isn't just about what's happening with your ears. It's about what's happening with your brain and your heart. So start by paying attention to people and try to withhold judgment. We all make judgment calls when we listen to someone. But if you can actively acknowledge that oh, wow, that's interesting. I am judging them and go, hmm, let me park that for a while. Then reflect on what they're saying and ask them. That's the whole point about asking clarifying questions. Uh, what I think I heard was that, is that really what I heard? It never hurts to summarize what they've actually said. So I think you said X, is that correct? And then make sure that you're actually sharing those listening skills and sharing those responses in a way that they know that you're going to follow up on them. So I think that would be a great takeaway for someone who's thinking about active listening. Just remember that it's not about you. It is about the person you're talking to. And if you can stop trying to get your message across and actually start listening to what your audience really wants, you're more likely to be actively involved in listening and engaging with them. It's not about you. It's about your customers and your customers' customers. It's not about me. Sorry, I was just making my notes there quickly because <laughs> that is so important. And thank you so much for those insights. We definitely yeah. unpack the why of active listening. Um, you can find all the links to Gina's book in the episode description. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. As Gina said, we can catch part two where we dig into the how of active listening. Yes, guys. And also remember to check out the blog post connected to this episode at spitfireinbound.com. And we'll also like for you to like and subscribe to our podcast and also for you to leave us a review. If you, if you like this episode, remember to tag us on social media on the handle at spitfireinbound and drop us any thoughts or any questions for Gina on our social media uh, using the hashtag hashtag take flight hashtag active listening so guys thank you again and see you soon bye bye, bye. <laughs>